You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It was open practice day, so we'll call this an open practice report. Brought to you by Byers Auto, the most wonderful day of the year uh, for the Ohio State media contingent to get to watch it. Thanks to the Big Ten Network for bringing in their cameras and broadcasting it so that everybody else gets to tag along as well. And we get to talk about it. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Uh, and as usual, let's start with the quarterbacks. Even though this uh, situation, the battle has basically been resolved, C.J. Stroud almost certainly going to be the starting quarterback still for the Buckeyes, as we've been saying for quite some time. But as Ryan Day confirmed earlier in the week, today was a load management day, Berm. Light work, not throwing the football, not great timing for anybody who wanted to watch him lead the team at, with the first string out there for the Buckeyes. But every time they still needed it for a team session and, and go hand it off, it was still him being out there. Um, so I guess nothing. What to read into it? I don't know. Maybe just a good day for the backups. Yeah, when they went to the teach periods, you know, where they go out there and learn install stuff, he was still the first one. Uh, it's just one of these new parts of, of the world of athletics, right? Load management is not something any one of us had ever heard about when it comes <laughs> to sports up until the last three years. And, and here we are. And I guess it doesn't matter. They weren't in full pads. They weren't hitting today. There wasn't any of that anyway. So it kind of had a walk through feel most of the day anyway. But you know, I think the interesting thing to watch is the, the battle for the number two spot at this point. We can all reasonably assume that C.J. Stroud is the, the the guy as the starter. But, you know, you watch it, and we had an opportunity today to see 95% of the reps go to Kyle McCord and Jack Miller, and that itself made it worthwhile being out here for us. And so who made the most of those, Spencer? Well, I thought, you know, you're always going to be wild when Kyle McCord throws the deep ball. I mean, we, we watch the deep ball throws, and he just looks different. The ball just pops out of his hand. I thought Jack Miller actually had a really good day today. We've seen him at times during these open periods where he just flat up hasn't looked the greatest uh, c compared to going against C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord, but I thought he had a really good day. I think it kind of gives Ohio State a reason to – to debate on who's the backup quarterback. I still think it's going to be Kyle McCord going out there. If, if CJ Stroud were to go down or if, you know, they're up by 30 in the second half, who's the second quarterback? Probably still Kyle McCord. But Jack Miller, you know, gave me a reason to at least say this is still a competition on who might be the backup when, when, it's, when that backup is needed. Load management, man. That's, uh, what, that's what airplane pilots have to do to make sure everything's balanced, et cetera. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not – I'm, I'm, I'm just curious about what's going on with C.J. Stroud, only from the standpoint of the Big Ten Network was here, uh, why he didn't get to throw more. But the flip side of it is some people were basically reporting later he didn't throw at all. I mean, I've, I watched him throw two or three deep balls in that deep ball session. He did throw some. Uh, well, we don't need to talk about anybody else's reporting to him because oh, exactly. our Letterman Rose story I know. said that he exactly. threw deep balls early on. So, exactly. so where, else do people, where else do people even stick need to go? LettermanRoe.com. We'll even tell you who was and wasn't in the, uh, you know, showed out in the uh, scrimmage the other day. And uh, some people, but anyway. But <laughs> well, you, you mean accurately because everyone can say yeah. what they think might have happened. Right. Well, that's, but, but to report it as fact is another deal. But that's, but that's past that. Uh, <laughs> you and I are always getting into fights. So let's go ahead and get into one. Now I'm just Let's do it. You. Let's do it. Uh, Awesome, but uh, Can't wait. Can I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I you know we got to we got to see Quinn Ewers throw a couple of passes today in, in some little uh, in 
team uh, not really team situations, but then some of those quarterback drills and stuff. The bottom line was though, Kyle McCord, Jack Miller, that's an interesting battle. I've always thought it was going to be, but you know, Kyle McCord, every time you watch him throw the ball, you just kind of go, boy, this guy has got the goods, man. And, uh, uh, and so if we're just talking about the quarterbacks right now, I think that's a very interesting race for number two. We're, uh, according to the rules that we agreed to for covering practice, we can't say how many snaps were given to who and with and who they were with. Uh, I will just say it was pretty clear to me today that Kyle McCord is the backup quarterback. Well, for see, this now team. you're saying it without saying no, it. No, I'm, I'm not saying who got however many. I'm just saying to me, it was clear that Kyle McCord <laughs> is the backup quarterback for this team. And if, if they had to. You know, some would say that if they had to get to September 2nd and something were to happen with CJ Stroud that was more severe than load management, I don't think that there's any question that Kyle McCord would be the quarterback of this team. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think that today, though, was is about load management for a lot of guys. I mean, we were looking around. OK, where is he? Where is he? Where? I mean, this is a this is the one thing I think that people can look at and say, what could derail Ohio State from a fifth straight Big Ten championship? And the only thing I think talent wise. Uh, across the league being what it is, yeah. is if the Buckeyes can't put their best players out there. And today, when we're watching the first-team defense, and Marcus Williamson wasn't out there, Cam Brown wasn't out there, Seven Banks wasn't out there, Jerron Cage wasn't out there, there's a lot of guys that weren't out there. Uh, and, and you start to wonder how much of that is load management, how much of that is the Buckeyes trying to make sure that the, the younger guys get reps, you know, there, there's a lot of question marks, and, and we talked about it yesterday on the defensive line. Zach Harrison not out there. There's just all these little things that you just – we're waiting here going, okay, is that going to be a, a lingering thing or is that just a part-time, you know, yeah. fix? Training camp is long, and so all those people yes. that you named and, you know, yeah, question, when is Thayer Munford going to be ready to go? And, and Ryan Day says hopefully next couple of days. Uh, as you said, Zach Harrison, Jerron Cage, go through the list, Cam Brown. We knew that Cam Brown was always supposed to be on a pitch count, dating back to the first day of practice. You saw seven banks during some parts of practice today go off to the side field and, and make sure that he was fully ready to go. So, you know, these guys, whether that's C.J. Stroud or, um, you know, Dallas Gant, you know, they, they're more intent on getting to September 2nd instead of just an old school, uh, you know, Three a day, yeah, go go grind them into dust. That's not the way of the world. But I'll tell you what, man, uh, I'd be interested to see throwing these guys, these modern day players, into those three a days. I mean, those were grinds personified. I mean, it was like ridiculous. And uh, you know, uh, yeah, the grind of training camp. They practice for what two and a half hours. Uh, that's all you get to do is one 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 a day now and stuff. And this isn't the grind anywhere near it used to be. But that doesn't mean that during those two and a half, these guys aren't going big time. And that's yeah. what that's what sets it apart. When you, as they, that old line, iron sharpens iron. But I mean, these guys really believe in that and they really get after each other. And like uh, Ryan Days would like to stand up there and say, hey, look guys, yeah, you're gonna have some guys go down. You're gonna have some guys get banged up. What matters is September 2nd at Minnesota. I thought I was setting you up for a Junction Boys reference. But no, I but I mean, well, that was, that, how crazy was that to run <laughs> off half the football team, you know? Or the Dirty 30 at Iowa State when John Cooper was there. I mean, I, I'm not sure what good that does anybody. I think this entire load management thing is 
maybe a good thing for the backups because like just like in quarterbacks, you got to see uh, Kyle McCord and Jack Miller throw throw a few balls more than they probably would have if C.J. Stroud was out there. Denzel Burke got more reps. Uh, Legend Cavazos was out there ma- making plays. Uh, you saw the various wide receivers. All of them, they were just rotating guys in. Ty Hamilton was was making plays out there left and right. I mean, that guy, I'm going to give Berm some credit from yesterday. That guy looks like he's ready. And so I think when you look at Boy, this we defense. We have to keep doing this all month. I don't know. I don't mind it. Okay. When, when you when you look at this entire defense, it, when you talk about load management, it just makes this this unit look even deeper because you start rolling through these wow. guys. Who, not at linebacker. Not not at I, linebacker, but but in the secondary and on the defensive line, you look who's out there, and you're like, well, maybe there is a, a starter that's over there, but also that guy he could push push for a starting job, and so it just makes you see the depth on yeah, the defensive but, line in the secondary. But everybody should keep in mind this was this was more more or less a full speed walkthrough today. I right, mean, they weren't yeah. full pads. I mean. Things like that. You did get to see maybe Dewan Jones have, like we were talking about, having a little bit of a problem uh, catching some speed guys rush, off the edge, yeah. speed rush things, different things like that. I mean, you know, I thought Dewan played pretty well from what I saw. I think what, what matters most at this moment is he's still in there with that first team line. I mean, that looks like the line. And with Matthew, ja- uh, Jack, uh, Jones. Matthew, Matthew Jones. Jones stepping in, I mean, I thought like a couple of weeks ago, we were watching Matthew Jones, he looked a little forlorn. I mean, like, you know, Down the train has moved yep. on. And uh, I think, you know, just Thayer Munford being down has given him a little little bit of a thrust there. And I think it's it's good for everybody like he's talking about. I mean, uh, I'm more interested in who the backup quarterback is right now than I am the starter. Agreed? Well, I, I, and coming out of this today, uh, I think that's obviously an important battle looking at the future. But what you're talking about with Dewan Jones and Matt Jones, we – we broke that down a little bit that it's an interesting race because it's for that fifth spot, necess- not necessarily for the right tackle spot. I, I think, and I saw one practice and a couple reps that Dewan Jones didn't ace with the speed rush. And it wasn't just that it was a first team guy that may have beat him, and, and it wasn't in either circumstance. Uh, I just, I wonder still if you have Paris Johnson and then a healthy Thayer Munford, like, I just think Dewan Jones is probably the fourth best tackle on this team. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because the other three are really freaking good. I just have a hard time thinking if Matt Jones is coming on, maybe you're going to wind up back on September 2nd with Nicholas petit Frere and Thayer Munford at tackle because I don't know if it were me and Greg Sudrow and Ryan Day know way more about it and Kevin Wilson than I do. I just, in my mind, I have a hard time getting I, there that that's the best five years. I think if you want to lean on a team, Definitely. lean on a team. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a good lineup they're throwing out there right now. And I think they want to lean on Minnesota. That's the that's the message I'm getting, and uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, it'll be it'll come out in the wash. I mean, I agree with you. I think their two best tackles are the guys you're talking about, Thayer and Nicholas Petit Freer. There's a huge difference between making a push at the beginning of camp and saying, "Okay, I'm ready for playing time," and being ready to take on a first team defensive end from a Minnesota, an Oregon, even a Michigan, Penn State. There's a huge difference in that. Has yeah. has. Uh, Dewan Jones come on strong in these last couple weeks? Yes, for sure. Is he ready? Is he quite ready to take on the speed rush from a first-team defensive end at a Power 5 program? I don't know. What we saw in limited action today, I'm not quite sure. But but I do know that Matthew Jones is a guy that you can rely on at guard because he's we've seen it in games before. Yeah. He, he is a reliable backup, could be a reliable starter. And so when you have the top two tackles in the country returning, arguably, and you have a guy who you can depend on at guard, I, I am starting to see this shake out with the tackles back where they should be and Matt Jones at guard, but I'm not making those decisions. Well, I don't know that we can say we're starting to see it shake out that way. I think maybe we all agree it should be. 
but it does seem like the Buckeyes are pretty yeah, hell-bent on uh, making that the, the move. Yes. So how it goes from here to next, or two Thursdays from now, I guess is the big question because we're not going to see them again in these next two weeks. At all. And yeah. so we don't know how things shake out with their Munford's health, with, with anything else. So it's a lot of, obviously, subjectivity at this point. But I think we all agree that you have the two best bookend offensive tackles in the country. It's a perplexing decision to move one of them to guard, even if it was his idea uh, back eight months ago. Yeah, yeah. moving from book into book. Right. And I mean, now, he's, now he's like the <laughs> chapter, chapter three. 16 or something. Yeah. Yeah, he's not even been out there the last couple of times. So, yeah. No, and it and it could work out in Ohio State's favor if what uh, you know we're hearing is is accurate and what Ryan Day said that their Munford would be back out there. I mean, he he was he was missing from practice. He was in a uniform, but he wasn't in pads uh, on Wednesday morning. You know, they've at least got longer looks at both Matthew Jones and Duan Jones. So that's you can't complain about that. And yeah. and beyond that, whether that's Luke Whipler inside, graded as a champion in the scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, you know, Josh Fryer done. Yeah, so there's folks, you have questions. bodies because you, you and I, you know, we were kind of talking to some guys. But what do you think the Big Ten Network guys got out of this? I mean, they've been around <laughs> pretty much around the league now, and I'm thinking they're sitting here going because you know I've watched some of their reports and stuff, and I'm winking, wink, winking, and nudge, nudging here because I think they think that this is a loaded football team. I'm talking about Ohio State, uh, maybe a basically a cut above anybody else in the league. Don't, don't you get the same well, and goes to feel? Well, it goes to what Berm was talking about with the talent across the league and, and defending yeah. the title for that fifth, you know, winning it for the fifth time. Ohio State can beat virtually every team in this league with their second team. I'm not covering any new ground. They are so, they've out-recruited everybody else in this league by leaps and bounds. Now, you don't, you're not going to win a national championship if, if the, five or six guys that were in the pit today aren't part of that, I don't believe. Yeah. Those, that's where it's going to matter. But over the course of – that's also why on you know August 16th, 17th, 18th, why you don't throw them out there and say, hey, let's see how tough you are. You know, if, you're, if your muscle is a little sore or your elbow, you know, you've been throwing so much, like, you don't have anything to prove if you're Ohio State on this practice field today. Yeah. August 18th doesn't matter. Right. You know, September 2nd matters. Uh, November 29th or whatever matters. Like this sort of thing. And I think this is where people and, you know, we're in the media, we're paid to, to talk about this stuff. It sometimes leads to some hyperbole and it lends to things being overblown or overhyped. Practice on Tuesday, August 16th, yesterday, doesn't matter who's taking reps at number two. Doesn't matter who's taking taking reps at number six. I mean, we're watching the running backs today and today's running backs days. So we'll talk about them, I guess, at some point. But... <laughs> You know, they're, they're rotating them. Every, right about that. every rep is different. It was Mayan Williams first, and it was Master Teague first, and it was Marcus Crowley first, and we didn't even talk to Marcus Crowley. So what does that mean? Like, there's always <laughs> these things where you can just make assumptions. Yeah. Um, and But then you watch them on the field, and all I know is that they got five really damn good running backs. Yeah. They're you know what? If they, if they let us watch practice every day, the whole practice every day, things would kind of mellow out. You know, you wouldn't be alarmed. You would understand <laughs> the ebb and flow. Like, when I used to get – when I first started covering this thing, you know, I was basically the only guy here at practice, me or – Paul Spawn from Channel 10 and and Dom and you know we'd sit there we throw football on the sidelines but the bottom line is you got to watch every practice all you wanted and stuff and you understood the ebb and flow of a season of of practice of a training camp right. and stuff and you're right though when you go out there and the number one quarterback is only, only throws about five or six passes but two or three of them were deep balls so yeah you know that tells you the arm hasn't fallen off I mean well and they didn't keep him from doing that exactly. I, those were the throws that you wouldn't let him make 
if you thought that exactly so that's the point if you're really watching you know you kind of you, you kind of see what's going on if you really understand it you understand what's going on and i don't know i think it's this is an interesting time what stands out to me like we just talked about and move on to running backs though the depth there is a great example it's just the depth on this football team continues to jump out at me i mean denzel burke's making plays out there uh there's a young guy uh I think Demario McCall. Every time you get to watch him, looks a little bit better cornerback than he did the last time. For example, you know, uh, just those little, little things you get to watch. He had Spencer was watching Demario early on, and for all the high praise we've given him, there was there was a trend that emerged. Uh, if you wanted to score a touchdown in the red zone, you went to that side. I of the didn't field. say he was Mark. <laughs> I didn't say he was Marcus Lattimore. Well, not to make that. Well, comment. and two Demario's Marcus Lattimore. <laughs> I mean, Marshawn Lattimore. <laughs> two. I didn't make that comment either. <laughs> two Demario's credit. I guess not credit, but you know, he had Chris Olave. Hit Chris Olave going up over yes, top of him. Exactly. And so, <laughs> and Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison, Junior. Yeah. Exactly. What do you do? I mean, again, though, this is the thing. The, those guys are good. I think Marcus yeah. Williamson yeah. isn't out there, so you have to put Demario in that slot corner role, and you roll the dice and see what happens. But <laughs> you, you certainly know that Ohio State's starting secondary on September second is not likely to be Legend Cavazos. And Denzel Burke and Demario McCall out there. <laughs> so I mean, if it is, then I think we have a lot more to talk about. But I, that's not what it's going to shake out to be. So, yeah. you know, Ryan Batch, a walk-on linebacker, was the starting middle linebacker with the with a walk-on safety, walk-on playing at middle linebacker. So, you know, if things are, let's just say things are fluid. Yeah. Okay, where they're not fluid is at running back because it's solid at running back. Ooh. Is it though? Chemistry. Joke. Yeah, but he's giving you a segue. Because they're coming in waves. Yes. Oh. Uh, yeah. He's all giving right. you a segue. So all there. five of those guys, as you said, can play. And I, yes. Tony Alford just put play on his greatest hits today, which was, I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to do the. <laughs> we're going to do what it takes to win football games. You know, if it's a committee, if it's one guy, we're going to do whatever. It's hard to imagine that Ohio State is going to rely on just one of these backs because they're all too good, and they all bring slightly different things to the table. As Tim is about to probably say, there's a different wiggle that comes from Travion Henderson. Oh my goodness! There's a power that you can get from Master Teague that you like, you'd be foolish not to use in a short yardage yes. situation. Evan Pryor, what he can do out of the backfield catching the football, uh, you know, he can do some Curtis Samuel sort of H back, uh, old school Urban Meyer H back, not not the tight end version that Ryan Day has been using. He can do some of that. Uh, a healthy Marcus Crowley, uh, we all remember what he did. Two years ago, late in that freshman season, and I, yeah. I thought he was going to be an absolute, you know, underrated gym and a the load Maryland for years game. to come. And then, yeah. and then, lo and behold, you got Mayan Williams out there who's lost about ten pounds and yeah. wants to be called pork chop or chop, not meatball or yeah. anything else. Yeah, Mayan, don't call me meatball. Mayan Williams, you know what? I, you know, I, if I was given like one of these preliminary awards out, he kind of gives me. I, I look at him as the Carlos Snow Award winner. You know what that means? That you probably don't even know what that means. What it means to me is. He never, literally never, is bidding knocked backwards. He's always falling forward, whether it's for an extra half yard, an extra yard and a half. I mean, that's what – and he just has a way of finding that little bit of a seam there and making the most out of it, you know. And uh, like we were talking about, I mean, I won't get into all the differences between those two, but there is no denying Trevion Henderson, and I've talked about it before on this thing, just when he gets to the, when he gets to the hole, when he gets to the area – or he's, you know, zone blocking, you're just looking for that little crease. He just makes these little moves with his feet that are just astounding, uh, that are you can't coach. I mean, you can coach to try to get a guy to do some of that. 
to have the patience to do some of that. But he just has that knack about him. It reminds me of J.K. Dobbins and that jump cut. Not the same. They're not doing the same thing. But right. some guys just come in that are special, and he looks special to me. We've talked about Travion Henderson for a year now about how how different he is than most of the guys that I've talked about. The, the Maurice Claret year, the Ezekiel Elliott 2014 season. When the Buckeyes win national championships, it's because they have a running back that is next level special. Trey Henderson is that guy, but he also has to learn how to catch football. Yeah. He also needs to learn how to pass protect. And so what you see out of here for the first time when we get to see a full practice is you see the little parts of his game that have to be rounded out before he can be counted on to be that every down guy. And that's why there's no denying Mayan, right? Whoa. Wow. Okay. That was a build. That was like that was like a Norm McDonald. You can't joke. stop the chop. That was like a Norm McDonald joke, <laughs> joke, except it was smooth all the way through. Well, I look at the guy. Don't like, put a fork in pork. Oh no. Oh no, we've lost it. Master <laughs> of his domain. No, that's the wrong guy. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna keep talking about Mayan because here's a guy who you talk about how you can't coach some things. Well, I think Tony Alford's done a really nice job coaching Mayan Williams. He came in, I thought he was you thought he was ready to play. I thought he was still a little raw. He doesn't look raw anymore. He looks like the kind of guy who's comfortable Maybe where he's he at. Let me make the next point mm-hmm. after him. Go ahead. He, he he looks like a guy who's comfortable where he's at right now. He's comfortable in a role where he could be the starting tailback, and he looks faster. He really does. He you said he's lost about ten pounds. Yeah. It, it looks like I mean, maybe a little more. Remember when he did his recruiting official visit in the in the twenty nineteen November? He was like two hundred and fifty pounds. The kid has dedicated himself to changing his body and. But it's not even that, Tim. It's, I wanted his to make mindset the next, has changed. Yeah, yeah, but I want to tell you something else. Mindset. Tony Alford, I think, had a chip on his shoulder when they recruited him and took him. He did, yeah. Because a lot of people thought he was like, you know, okay, whatever we can get. Consolation kind of prize. Tony Alford kept telling everybody he likes this guy a lot. And uh, and it, there's a good reason why. The guy's a very effective running back on the college level. He for 6,000 yards. Don't you agree, though? I mean, that, he, he, yeah. He was a player that was very, very good at Cincinnati Wentin Woods High School, but he was five foot ten. Exactly. Five he didn't foot look nine the, and two hundred and fifty five right. pounds. And so right. you don't know exactly what you're gonna get. And then lo and behold, Mick Marotti, who apparently knows what he's doing, mm. uh, has helped him change his his entire essence. I mean the the kid is uh, a leader now. I mean he's still not gonna get up there and wax poetic about the, he's no Harry Miller, but you know, he's not gonna sit up there and, and talk and talk and talk, but he just wants to run the football. Mick Marotti He's, well, I think he's the most. Un, he's not underrated. We he's, all think yeah, he's, he's properly. He's rated. getting paid. He's well the best. Too. In, he's the best but in the I mean, business. The, way, the, the gain weight, the lose weight. I mean, if we did charts on all these guys and where they've gotten to, like yeah. uh, Jack Sawyer, you know, has put on what 25, 30 pounds, but but just the way he looks, et cetera. I mean, it's just amazing what this guy does with different people. I mean, uh, he he really is a uh, he really is a genius at his job. Yeah, it's clear to see when we get to you know be out here and watch these Buckeyes work. Just you know one through eighty five down to one seventeen. Even the walk ons who get that time in the weight room, you can see that Ohio State's made the most of that. That's an impressive looking football team. I think we already all knew that though. Was, uh, I think you just get Master Teague to lift a few weights. Well, right. Yeah, and Court Williams too. Both of those <laughs> yeah. guys really need to bulk up. Something just just some other things that we picked up from an open practice at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Always great to break it down. Brought to you by our good friends at Buyers Auto. A lot more coverage coming a couple weeks to go before the opener. You can find all that at LedmanRow.com. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. Stay with us for full coverage of the Buckeyes all year.